0: Drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Brew Bloods. Twenty
1: four hours a day, twenty four beers in a case. Coincidence? Uh huh. That from British comedian Stephen Wright. You know this guy? I do know this guy. Okay. Episode one seventy. Yes, we're quite. uh, (laughs) We're we're more than bosom buddies. You guys are tight. We're, we're more than, whatever's beyond bosom Buddies. <laughs> That's what we are. Episode 117 Scissor of Drew Sisters. Bloods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's only when we dress. Is offensive? I don't know. It's only when we dress. <laughs> no, you're talking about the band, right? Oh, yeah, exactly. When we, when we dress like the band, Scissor <laughs> Sisters. Okay, fair enough. Which means you dress up like Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari from Buzz and Buddies. Right. So it ties back to Bosom yeah. Buddies. And then we throw That's on. That's the important thing. And then we throw on some strap-ons and drink some beer. Yeah, of course. Uh, let's talk some news, a little bit of bruise right. in the news. A, the holder that holds the beer, you strap it onto yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, the, it's, just the, making sure people it's the beer hat that holds the beer. Right, know, exactly. On the, each side. hey, yeah, you one strap camera, that on your head. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what the, What in the beer industry call a strap-on? Yeah, exactly. Well, Gotta, some people don't know the shorthand. I know. You get new listeners every week I want to make sure they know. It's, it's, it's beer industry talk.
2: <laughs> right, hot, exactly. Hot industry talk. It's, it's way inside baseball yeah. or inside beer or whatever.
1: That's what you would have heard last week in the uh, post-game show from the Franconi interview. Yeah. That was part of that. Yeah, Him we mixed, talked
2: about yeah, all the beer terms right, and that one exactly, came up. Exactly, exactly. Yes.
1: So to continue
2: on with the constant theme that we brought up on the show, maybe not constant, but we brought it up a lot.
1: Going to continue on now. Yeah.
2: Is the fact that Beer sales seem to be a little bit in trouble. And this actually comes from VinePair.com, if that is a real site. And they say that um, the beer options have actually decreased for the first time in five years on shelves. So the diversity of different types of craft beers and things like that, it's not... Although craft breweries continue to grow, the options on the shelf are actually starting to decrease a little bit. And
1: I assume that's just because... They had a glut of beer, and so maybe retailers
2: are ordering less? Well, they're saying it's actually a decrease overall of 5.7% from their absolute peak. Um, and they're saying that there's so many macro brewers that are holding on to shelf space, and they're expanding their portfolios with things like Goose Island, 10 Barrel, things like that. So they're shoving out the little guy. They're keeping the little guy off the shelf because they already have all their you know rows and rows and rows of Bud Light. And then yeah. on top of that, they're going to throw their craft selections in, and so there's a limited space for all these other breweries to come in. And they've actually started to take more space based on the fact that they have all
1: these craft beer names. So I, don't, I actually don't know from the store because, you know, in all of our industry talk last week about strap-ons. Right. What we didn't get into is how you get on a shelf, right? And, yeah. And I actually don't know that side of it at all. So can, I, can they go to the distributor and say, I want to buy more shelf space for my brands? How does that work? I, I have no well, idea.
2: Well, yeah, because the larger...
1: Maybe we should talk to a distributor sometime, but... Right. But I know the larger, uh, the
2: larger labels have better relationships with distributors because they give them more money. So they say, okay, you have X amount of SKUs. And if they say, oh, we bought these four other craft beer types, we want to carry everything that they're doing in their portfolio. They Mm -hmm. say, oh, okay, well, there's five more SKUs for Goose and there's five more SKUs for Breckenridge or whatever. Um, I also like talking about this story because a lot of times we defend and say, Oh, whatever, you know, some Budweiser comes in and buys them. Who really cares about that? It's not as long as they don't mess with the beer. Well, these yeah. kind of things are kind of a big deal. Yeah, yeah this because is because this does wedge out, you know, this is other the good options. of what's happening. Yeah, exactly. Which of course money talks, but you know, still it's you wanna have the more diversity. Yeah. Especially with more craft breweries coming up. Uh, another thing they do mention in this article though, which is something we talked about Um, A little bit back when we had Bearded Lady on, and we've brought it up a couple other times, and that's just the fact that maybe—and actually, when Bims talked about this a little bit, too—the fact that maybe these craft breweries that are distributing to stores, maybe the newer ones are going to not aim for that, and they're going to aim for being local— and that's one thing they mentioned here is that eighty uh, percent of Americans live within ten miles of craft brewery now. That's been the explosion, right? And that's—I mean—that's a lot. You're talking about maybe the twenty percent that live out in you know the middle of nowhere, northwest, or not even northwest, but you know like Montana, Wyoming. Maybe those people don't all have craft breweries. Yeah. But I mean, that's a lot of local options too. So maybe maybe the shelf isn't as big of a deal, but that's still a bad trend to see these yeah, bigger guys pushing
1: people out. I would still, I would have to guess that. A majority of beer is probably still sold at the grocery store yeah absolutely and if they maintain major control that i I do wonder because never works on grocery store never worked for distributor how much does the that is a brag how much does like a grocery store the guy who stocks the shelves at your local kroger or tom thumb or ralph's how much does he have the guy who runs the store the manager does he have say i i want x number or x percentage of craft beer in my store as opposed to a macro I don't think they have much
2: say about it at all. I or think even the higher ups. Is it yeah. all to the distributor? Well, it, I'm sure Kroger says. Let's just take Kroger for an example. I'm sure they say we have X amount of shelf space, and who's bidding on what? It would be my assumption, and they they say, okay, yeah, I want I want to buy into perpetuity these number of shelves, right. and I want this eye level shelf, and that's where I want all my Budweiser to be, yeah. and. I don't think the local store managers, even the regional managers, have much control over that. I'm sure that's a that goes up the corporate chain, especially with large contracts like Miller and, and Budweiser and you know, I don't know, probably Betty Crocker or anything else. Yeah. Do. They, they all do that on every shelf. But yeah, I, I don't think that they have any control over that kind of stuff hmm. at all.
1: I'm just wondering, like, how Tup's, because they've they've done really well for themselves by at Target having a giant circular display, right? That's actually off the beer. It's not even on the beer aisle. It's like outside the beer aisle. And they've but you don't see that at like you go to a a, a Mott's or a piggly wiggly, uh you don't As see often that. Do. Yeah. You don't see that. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's that's just what I've gleaned. I don't yeah. know that that's all exactly
1: accurate. Yeah, I'm just wondering how that yeah, works. Yeah,
2: you know, and we know someone that's a distributor. We could actually maybe get yeah. them on sometime to talk to that. Maybe just do a shorty if nothing else. And you know, it'd be an interesting to get a little inside look at that because yeah. I'm with you. I don't. I'd like to know more. Uh, I'm interested
1: in the politics of distributorship of how yeah of how all that works because there's got to be a lot of I don't know. It seems like it's ripe for backroom deals in some some form or fashion.
2: Well, yeah, you, could have be wrong. That. you have that, and then you also have the whole element, um, like we talked about with some people like uh, Lakewood, that gave up their distribution to somebody else, mm-hmm. and then they have concerns about how is the distributor displaying them, right. um, you know, that kind of thing. And that that's kind of interesting, too, how many people feel like there's been a big decrease when they actually had the distributors start doing it for them. Um, and, you know, another thing we didn't really ask Dennis about last week, too, that's kind of interesting in the distribution realm... And we talked to Petacolis about this, Michael, about this before. Is the fact that Dennis decided to keep the distribution in McKinney, but mm-hmm. get rid of the other distribution. Yeah. And I, I was kind of curious about that, how that's actually working out for him. And it, that's, it's just so weird. The distribution laws here are just so weird. The fact that you can, you know, you give up your rights permanently, mm-hmm. but you can keep little pieces of them here and there. Yeah. You know, like uh, I think Michael said he could keep the AAC to himself, even though he could give up other distribution rights or something like that. I, I know he's kept his so far uh, yeah. to my understanding. It's really strange here. Yeah. It's, uh, Texas is just really strange. Yeah. Really, really strange on that front.
1: It's a swamp full of BS. It definitely is. Drain the swamp.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. I would say our number one talked about style of beer on this,
1: on this show would probably be IPAs at least on my yeah. end. Well, it's been the it's been the uh, hot new fashion trend for a number of years now. I guess it's not really hot anymore, but uh, it's it's simmered for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's, about, I'll put it, it kind of parallels the rise of the beard, the rise of the IPA. Like beard, you know, beards have been a big fashion trend in the past few years. So, IPAs, maybe there's a link there.
2: Yeah. Um and, and just the rise of the craft beer in general, the IPA seems to be the one that sticks out because it's mm-hmm. the most it's the most different from the other ones, I would say. I mean, True. it's gotten more experimental, but if you're just talking about the baseline types, um, you know, a, a darker standard dunkel style beer or something is it's different. But um, IPAs but, have such a different flavor palette. Yeah, but IPAs, you know, that's you, that's like the sign of being a craft guy, especially right. like in the late aughts or maybe early yeah. tens. You know, it, I don't know that that's still the case, but that definitely was at one point. But uh, Mercury News posted an article talking about, you know, it's time to try some other things other than IPAs. And they're, they're making some arguments about the different styles that have made pushes lately, like uh, Cezanne's, um, craft beer lagers, uh, more of the Pilsner style uh, lagers, sour beers, uh, you know, even even some ones like uh ghosts uh, which i didn't yeah i didn't realize those were actually german based i should have but i never made that connection cuz i'm dumb um but we should ask dennis if he's ever going to plan on That's making true. one of those That's uh, true. i mean it does go to the german roots yeah but I, I do like i do like the idea that craft beer is trying to expand out of just the ipa being the main the main focus you know yeah. it'd, it'd be nice to have uh, and my palate's changed a little bit, too. I'm sure yours has as well. We've talked to that. Nope, all but, I drink is wheat beer. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, even things like saisons. at first, I used to hate those. Yeah. But now, I actually like saisons quite a bit,
1: you know? Yeah, and me too. Uh, I still have not... I still uh, can't say that I like loggers. No, but... loggers
2: one I can't get to. Uh, I can't get myself to like. I've, I've tried several different ones.
1: From, I mean, I'm willing to try them, to keep trying them. I mean, I'm bound to find one I like eventually. But Some of the I, black
2: lagers are not... Not terrible, but I still don't even really like those. Yeah. It's something about that lager yeast. It just has a specific flavor. Yeah. I know there's a different yeast now. And uh, there, there's something about it though. It just it I can't explain it. It's not quite like a Belgian, but it's something in that realm that that tastes kind of drying and earthy and yeah. I, I don't know what it is. I just don't I don't like it. I like the I like the ales much better.
1: I would say that uh, as far as the sort of badge of honor of the craft beer drinker now, is probably the wildly fermented beers and yeah. the sours, it's kind of taken the place. I don't want to say it's taken the place of the IPA, because it hasn't as far as sales go. Yeah. But as far as saying, if you want to stand out in a crowd and say, I'm a craft beer guy, a craft beer snob, maybe. <laughs> right. Hey, as, nice transition. To make a, a tease to the next segment, <laughs> that that's probably... What you're going to proclaim first is saying, hey, I'm an IPA guy, as you used to do all the time, as yeah. soon as you met somebody. Right. That was, <laughs> that that was, that was my second factoid about myself. <laughs> hey, my name is Dirty Dustin. I'm an IPA guy. <laughs> now you introduce yourself by saying, hey, I'm into wildly firmens and beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have this beer podcast, so I know all about beer. <laughs> that's how I do it. But no, I, I do think that's kind of... Uh, I think that's probably going to be a bit of a badge of honor, you know? I mean, you think about like the rise of Jester King. Right. And how they've gotten at the farmhouse and the wild lails and all that. Uh, I think the that. The green
2: bottles with the skunky wildness. Yeah. I, I think
1: that. that's absolutely like they are like the icon of of the craft beer badge. I would for say that's so. that type of guy, right? And I'm not saying they have bad beers because they, not by any stretch, but I'm just saying they get yeah. out there, get experimental and.
2: Uh, yeah. And, you know, a couple
1: of new craft beer
2: or craft breweries that have opened up. Um, I'm trying to think of the one we went to in Arlington that, uh, Wild Acre. Yeah. No, it wasn't Wild Acre though. It was one of the ones we did on the, on the beer bus. Yeah, that was Wild Acre. Um, yeah, we went to Wild Acre, but, oh, well, maybe that is, but anyway, <laughs> the one that was doing just IPAs and sours, that was it. I'm pretty sure that was Wild Acre. Okay. Maybe it's Wild <laughs> Acre.
1: We'll, we'll leave it at Wild Acre. I, I could may be wrong, wrong, but I think it's, uh, oh wait, you're thinking of
2: Collective? Not Collective, either. That's downtown Fort Worth. I'm ah, thinking of the one that was in right. Arlington on Division Street, but I cannot think of the name. Division Brewing? We. That's it. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, so stupid. Oh, how the brain misfires. Yeah. But anyway, Division, for example. They're just doing IPAs, yeah. and they're doing sours. You know, right. and that's, I don't think somebody would have done that opening up in the, you know, raw Franconi era. No. You know, they, they would have tried to do much more wide variety of things. And it's, mm-hmm. or even the first wave around here in, you know, 2012, 2013.
1: I think, so, I think in the day you had to be everything to everybody. But now I think like, with the squeezing of the market, as we just talked about, I think some people are finding success in specialization. Like I mentioned it before, there's a brewery in Denver that they only do red ales, variations right. on red ales. And they're pretty dang tasty. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I'm not sitting around I'd rather find a niche than I mean, beat something to everybody. Chances are you're not going to become Jester King and become wildly famous. Right. But you can probably carve out a nice niche for yourself and still make a living. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you may not ever get famous. Chances are, I mean, it's hard to become, you know, sales leader as it is. But you can probably make a nice little name for yourself. Like, collectives making a great name for themselves with, like, experimental, crazy beers. Yeah. Um, you know, and, yeah, then and land divisions especially yeah you know. and towers yeah
2: I haven't seen division you know division might be one of those that's one of the smaller Arlington area type things too I don't know how much dist- distribution they have
1: I don't see them around Dallas hardly at yeah. all I think yeah. I've seen them on a tap at liquid Growler before yeah or maybe crafting Growler, Growler. but but yeah it, like there's I don't even I don't think they can or bottle so yeah, I, I don't they're kind of so hard either. to find around here
2: but you know and again that's a good example that's you know whatever wave you want to say a fifth or sixth or seventh wave yeah brewery. And uh, you know they're not they're not pushing the big, yeah, the big distribution like we were talking about earlier.
1: Yeah, I think it's good, and in a lot like food. I think it's you know we talked about our evolving palates. It's just like food. Like you, every few years I'll go back and try things. Like I used to despise broccoli. Like I used to literally vomit every time I would eat broccoli. <laughs> all now, over the please.
2: Yeah, all just over the like place. if
1: you had a lemon cruller. Uh, I will still do that, but uh, now I eat broccoli two or three times a week. Yeah. You know i I find broccoli quite tasty. I still don't like pickles. <laughs> Uh, but I will, every few years, I'll retry them just to see if my taste palette has changed. And I think it's the same thing with beers. Like, you, you owe it to the, especially if you really respect the nature of craft beer, I think you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the brewers you respect to try their new stuff, to try the new styles once in a while, because you never know what you're going to find that maybe you thought you would hate and you actually loved. And True. maybe you found a whole new taste window, a, a whole new uh, stroke of the rainbow that you can play with. And
2: I'm bad about that, too. You know, if, I, if I've if i had something and I'm like, meh, I don't know associate that yeah. with that brewery, I, just, I don't give them another chance, and that's... Which is why I
1: don't typically go for Pilsners, and I don't typically you know, go for Lagers, and uh, it just... Because I have just such a mad history on them. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's people doing out there doing some wonderful Pilsners, and I would love to taste them. Yeah. If I had the reassurance of a nice untapped rating.
2: <laughs> right, exactly.
1: Beer snobs. Absolutely. So, speaking of beer snobs, uh, after this, we're going to talk about... The rise of the beer snob.
0: Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast Thursday, is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond. And it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you eat, what you drink, We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, Streaming Live. Video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there.
1: Seen something arise in the, in the last few years with the advent of craft beer. I think with the with the rise of any trend, you're going to see a rise of arrogant, snobbish people. And what we're talking about today is the rise of the craft beer snob. Right
2: now, this used to be in the '80s and '90s the wine snob. Right, go watch an episode of Frasier. Those guys at the wine club, yeah. that's that's what it used to be. And he always looked at,
1: down upon his dad to drink Ballantine.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And because that was about all there probably was. Uh, yeah. I don't know if even Seattle in 1993 had too many craft beer options.
1: Even though on uh, Cheers, Frazier was a regular at the the uh, bar <laughs> right. and drank beer in every episode. <laughs> yeah, I and the, uh And they turned to Frasier. They made him a wine snob, so... <laughs>
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, John Mahoney was also on Cheers, too. So, yeah, as a that's totally true. different character. So, that's true. there's a little instability Isn't there. Isn't he a dying piano player or something like that? Not a dying one. He was writing a jingle for Cheers, apparently, that mm. <laughs> Rebecca hired him to do. His name was Psy something. Very yeah. unstable. He even had a debate with Frazier about Old MacDonald, which made it even more <laughs> unstable. It's unstable.
1: <laughs> it's very unstable.
2: Yes. But in any case, snobbery snobbery is abound in this area, uh, just like it is with wine. Uh, I'd say the wine one has continued, but, you know, beer used to be a, uh, you just go to the bar and say, give me a beer, and giving me a beer meant whatever was on tap, there was one or two taps, and they were probably both lager, and you just said, give me a beer, and that was it. But nowadays, it's definitely evolved, it's become, you know, what what's the aroma, what's the mouthfeel, what's the, you know, what's the appearance, and... I think think that uh, the Boston Globe article here, this was uh, put together between uh, the Boston Globe and Esquire. Uh, I pulled from both of these for this segment. And I think one quote that they made was really good, was basically if the film Sideways in 2004 had come out now, uh, instead of being, I'm not drinking a blank in Merlot, it'd be, I'm not drinking a blank in Blue Moon. And it'd be a a buddy comedy about going to a bunch of crap breweries. I could totally see that. Would it be
1: Blue Moon? Because that wasn't really a brand. Wouldn't it be, uh, just to get nerdy about it, wouldn't it be... Think it like uh, I'm not drinking a, a effing porter or something like that.
2: Well, if you're talking about macro versus micro, though, you know, or macro versus craft, I know it's
1: not exactly Mar- the it, same
2: thing. I guess, but is Merlot is a is type, Merlo
1: really macro, it's a type. Yeah.
2: No, no, you're right, you're right. But I'm saying I think they're they're equating that argument right, to well. macro versus
1: okay. craft instead of. I was thinking style. more on eh, whatever, well, whatever. I don't know.
2: So you know, being in this being in this area like we've been we've been doing this podcast for a bit. We definitely had our run of being craft beer snobs ourselves. We've uh done several episodes where we review things. We get very meticulous about reviewing things. Kind of drifted away from that lately and probably plan on staying away from that for the most part. But I think I think there are different levels for sure. And we're going to go through a list that Thrillist put together too well, of, of the types of beer snobs. And we
1: yeah, I I just want to comment on what you said. Like we haven't really talked about it on the show and the reason, I think, is because for me, and I think this is like particularly timely, is not to say I'm not still a snob in some ways. I'm sure I am. <laughs> we'll find out you know, after we go through this. But right. I think for me, not that I don't still criticize beer when it's bad or when it's think about it when it's good, because I, cause I do, absolutely. Sure. You know, we all have our preferences. We all find things we like and don't like. But I think what I found myself doing was it's much like we used to do movie reviews and TV reviews. Uh, back when we before before there was a craft beer industry, <laughs> we were in the early days, the the early dot com days of doing movie and TV reviews, and I don't think it's something we ever talked about. And we used to go to you more than me, but I mean, you, I would go to a lot of movie review or movie screenings with you. You know, so much so that we were going going to two or three a week sometimes. Yep. And you find out, like I I think what I found for me uh, with movies and TV because I did more TV, the more of the TV side back in the day. Uh, it, I found that I w- was enjoying the product less and less, like just from a purely visceral, experiential level. Because when you start criticizing, like That's really weird. thinking about it, you really start to pick apart the details. And you, I think I found less and less enjoyment from the products.
2: Yeah, it it makes it more of a chore yeah. also. Because yeah. movie watching and beer drinking should be more fun. Yes,
1: absolutely. And uh,
2: yeah, this makes you more of, you know, if you're not... You're not a Cicerone or <laughs> I don't yeah. know, uh, then you're, you're critiqued for not having the proper critiques but at yeah. the same time you also, yeah. so so you take that and then at the same time you're, like you said, you're trying to find ways to be critical of something mm-hmm. when other times you might just be like, oh it says a couple of these notes, it's tasty or yeah. whatever. You don't want to sound like five out of five guy every time you're doing a review. Right. And so yeah, that and conversely,
1: be, I don't want to always be... One out of five guy. Right, exactly. And yeah. I, for me, I think what I got tired of was I was... Not that I wasn't enjoying beer, but I think I was finding myself a little less willing to experiment, yeah. and I was finding myself a little too critical, and sometimes that was coming out through the show. I think I've, cause I... Because there, there were particular episodes after we recorded, I'm like, why did I say that? Like, <laughs> I still put them out because sure, it's yeah. our show, but I was like, I was way too hyperbolic on that. Sometimes it was trying to be funny. Sometimes... Yeah. I think it's generally what I was feeling. Yeah, sure. But then I start, I kind of pull back, like, within the last couple months, I'm just like, I need to, like, tap the brakes. Like, I don't think I'm <laughs> enjoying this as much. Like, I need to, and to use the term of the show, I need to be less of a snob about it. So, yeah. you know, we talked about this, and this is why we've kind of gotten away from reviews. And I think, I think, me, I think it's a better show for it. Um, I think it's a more, we want to do more lifestyle, like, celebrate beer, Right, as opposed to beer and beer culture, just yeah. the things Cele- around it, yeah, celebrate. It, even though we're going to demonize some people today, uh, <laughs> you know, like let's celebrate the culture, you know, right, and appreciate well, appreciate what we have in front of our mouths, so we can speak to this,
2: yeah, because we suffer through being snobs for we have sure. Been those people, and I'm, we still have elements of that, of course, I'm sure, but Everybody, yes, absolutely, and we're going to go through some of these things where I'm going to say I don't necessarily agree with this thrillist list or with you know what they say in these articles, but some of these things are dead on. And mm. it's annoying. I know it's annoying to brewers as well. And it's kind of unfortunate that that it's come to this in some ways.
1: But But know, that's well, that's the nature of any fashionable sector. Like even within like I'm a big sci fi nerd. I mean there are elitist sci fi snobs <laughs> within nerddom yeah, that if you don't like this particular property or you don't like it the right way. Right. I mean I love our friend Billy a lot but we have a lot of, we agree a lot on a lot of things but when it comes to Star Trek I'm a lot more open minded than he is about changes that are being made. Sure. You know th- something like that it, and I think even Billy would tell you he's probably <laughs> a little too hypercritical at times. <laughs> sure. But uh, that, you know that's just, uh, just the way it goes. And I think any popular sector you're going to find the elitists within it. Right.
2: In this Esquire article, they go through several different elements that are the most annoying things about about uh, beer snobs. They're very similar to the Thrillist list, so I think maybe it'd probably be good. The only one I want to point out here, that they point out that the Thrillist list is not, and this has been a bad trend, I think, and that is the people that make a, a large production out of drain-pouring beers. Yeah. And like they note in we, this article. We talked about that a lot. Yeah. And, and like they note in this article, though, it's the higher the more the more highly regarded the beer is, the more of a production people make about making it a drain pour and yeah. celebrating the fact that they made it a drain pour. And that's really annoying. It is. Just because your particular palate doesn't like that particular beer that time doesn't mean you know the thousands of other people that have rated it a ninety eight on beer advocate and you know, a ninety nine on whatever other forum or untapped gets four out of five. Doesn't make you cooler for thinking that your palate doesn't think it's that good and I'm gonna show everybody that I dream pour it, or that everybody else is an idiot. You know, it's it just it really annoys me that again, that's kind of why we got away from the reviews, because I like the idea of celebrating the culture around this and celebrating the wide varieties of beer that exist.
1: And I want to celebrate and, the, the artists that and the entrepreneurs yeah. that make the beer.
2: And I recognize I don't like like we've talked, I don't like loggers. I'm not gonna go get the highest rated lager and drain pour it in front of everybody yeah. just to prove how cool I am that yeah. oh look at me drain pouring a lager. Yeah. you idiots that drink lager. Like it just it gives a really bad it gives a really bad vibe to the whole it, something that should be more communal. Like craft beer exactly. shouldn't be so confrontational.
1: Absolutely. I agree. <laughs> we're
2: we're kind of a small community <laughs> as is, yeah. you
1: know? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I was thinking about Fraser uh a second ago. You know, I was thinking if if the Fraser were still on the air today, you know they would have a Fraser Niles go drink some craft beer episode, and how <laughs> probably they would they would hate it at first and demonize it, and then Frasier Niles would come around to being craft beer drinkers, <laughs> or at least acknowledging that they have some value. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So this list from Thrillist is the 19 types of beer snobs ranked by obnoxiousness from 19 to one. And this originally, along with the Boston Globe article, came out mid 2016
2: but Thrillist has actually updated it as of this month so I don't know what they changed from before but this is a recent list
1: and I think uh, I think they've done a pretty good job of it I think it's still relevant even if most of it was comprised in 2016 I think it's still uh, quite a quite uh, relevant today absolutely so the first thing they have is the evangelist the, the person that's always looking to win a few converts the evangelist brings a few choice selections and a hefty supply of tasting glasses to any social gathering so this is the guy that Rather than just bringing his own six pack of whatever, he's going to bring uh, a variety of bottles and expect everybody to do to do a bottle share with him, even if it's not a bottle share event.
2: Right, and he's got to bring the coolest thing that's yeah. available that you probably haven't had. And yeah, you know, this is one that in the right situation that's fine. If, I think if it's set up to be a bottle share, or even fine. if it's just a large gathering that you know, maybe if you go to a friend's house that's having a. Halloween party, let's say, or something like that. I don't know, just something that people do. Then if you bring a beer and you want to say, hey, a couple of people want to try this, you know you got beer friends there, that's fine. Yeah. It's it's when you take it to the extent of you go to somebody that's over there drinking Budweiser or is drinking uh, you know, some I don't know, a white wine or something and you're like, "Why are you drinking that? You should be drinking this." That's yeah. that's when it gets annoying. If you want to keep it to your beer friends, that's fine, but doing that, that's when it gets really aggravating.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, luckily, we don't go to m- too many parties anymore. We're getting too old for that S. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, when you're 40, you don't do that as much. That's right.
2: Uh, next up is the sampler, and they say, and no matter the situation, samplers always request a preview taste at the bar in order to make an informed decision. Um,
1: You know, I don't necessarily think that's a
2: bad thing. I, I think it
1: depends. Again, it depends on context, right? I right. I don't like the few bars I've been to that aren't craft beer bars because like, I just don't go hanging up bars anymore. I don't see that a lot of bars. Where I see that is at like growler shops. But then right. again, growler shops are kind of set up for that. Now, I think there is a limit. I think I think you should not be able to have, let's say... You don't because, sample all 30. Yeah, you can't sample all 30. I think you should maybe request no more than two samples at a time, maybe three at the outside. True. But you should order... If you want samples of three different beers, you you damn better order all three of them at the same time, all three oh, yeah. samples. Don't sample one and... Oh, now I want to try this one. Now I want to try <laughs> this one. And, you know, it takes... Sometimes right. it takes a good bit of time just to get a sample because maybe they've blown a keg, maybe they're serving other customers.
2: Well, and on, on top of that, too, also plan on buying a full beer of something. Yes, have yeah. something that you know you like, even if you don't like the samples, and go. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll go with that. It's a real jerk move to go in there and have a couple samples and basically say, ah, everything you have here sucks. Yeah, <laughs> have I, any I don't think it. I've
1: ever seen that, but the no, the I thing. know, but but I have seen the guy who will take one sample at a time and continue to request more samples. Yeah, that is deplorable. That is that is that's he, part of the basket. He's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> he's at the top of the basket. Absolutely. The, the top of the heap of the basket of deplorables. <laughs> yeah. That's he's exactly what Hillary was talking about. <laughs> right. So there's the guy that uh, we... I don't think we've been to too many, if any, release parties. Oh, I guess we've been to a couple of lake ones. But uh, this guy is the life of the release party. And I've never been to one of these release parties where people are camping out. <laughs> yeah. But it's the guy that you wonder, where does he have time in his day to sit, sit around and, you know, stand in line? That's... Yeah. I, I have... I have to ask this question a lot about, you know, the Jester King special releases, like the Spawn release or whatever the um whatever their special of release of the month is. Well, really, frankly, the Goose Island thing's pretty close Goose to Goose Island. That. It's like where do the people have time to to camp out for these releases all the time? Like people will wait for days yeah. to do this. Or at least
2: at least, you know, several several hours. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know what uh you know, I don't know about uh the Three Floyds, The Dark Lord Day, or, you know, I don't know what it's like up in the Russian River country with Pliny the Younger. I, I just right. I just know about Jester King. I see it because on our local Texas groups, people desperately like, oh, let's caravan together. Let's and, like, and I have to think about, I'm sure you're having a good time. I'm sure the release lines are long. I, I can only think about how much time am I wasting by being here. <laughs> what other things could I be doing by not s- sitting in this onion crotch producing heat? Right just for a beer that I might have a chance to get. (laughs) Right. Especially if they're in one of those lottery ticket systems.
2: Yeah, you're not even guaranteed. You might not even be guaranteed to get it. I got annoyed when we went to one local establishment and did the lottery system for a variation of the Bourbon County. Yeah. That was the one and only time I've ever done that, and it may be the only time I ever do that, because we got lucky, because I happened to actually get drawn for it, but... If I hadn't gotten that, oh my gosh. Even waiting out there for like two hours would have been really annoyed. Yeah. See, we've done snobbery things. We have.
1: (laughs) I just like stuff like that. I've lost all desire to do. Yeah. You know, like back in the day, back before you could buy concert tickets online or like the only thing I ever waited in line for movies, for instance, where you could buy movie tickets online was when they re-released Star Wars in the theaters back in 97, 96, 97. I skipped school just to get that. But that... I mean, yeah. That's the only time in my life I've ever done something like that. I have no desire to stand in giant lines to get to access some product. You yeah, know, it, I, I agree. There's
2: probably something similar to it somewhere else. Yeah, including the beer, the specialty beer that you're getting.
1: If and if you enjoy that, I mean, God love you. Have at it. I, I don't. I just don't have any. Desire. You can. I'm more than willing. I will pay you twenty bucks to get me a bottle of that. <laughs> I will pay you twenty bucks to wait in line for me. Yeah. And if you can give me a bottle of that, fantastic. I just have no desire. Just like, I don't want to go camping either. You know, I don't want to sit in the, I don't, I have no desire to set up a tent yeah. and, you know, sleep on rocks. It's just, I just got no <laughs> desire, man. I've lost all my willpower for that. Uh, up next is the Barrel Baron,
2: which basically boils down to the fact that if something is not brandy barrel, bourbon barrel, or oak uh oak barrel aged of some sort and it's not 30% which then,
1: is it's kind of like the uh, <laughs> the Prairie Prairie Artisan has kind of built their whole uh, brewery around this concept haven't that, they? Well that's true and the brewery does it all bear, uh, the brewery yeah you know and uh, they a lot of
2: people do that the brewery confusedly named the brewery exactly yeah so basically you know it's saying that this guy has to have stuff that's aged or else it sucks yeah I haven't and I don't know that I've really come across anybody that says it has to be barrel aged no. or it sucks but if you do exist, you are definitely a snob and a tool. Yeah, and you're missing because out. Because
1: there's plenty of other things you're that mean, are not barrel-aged. They're fantastic beers, don't get me wrong. But, sure, uh, no. Barrel-aging is great, and it tastes great, but it's not the only thing out there for yep. sure. And it's not a beer I want all the time, because it's usually pretty heavy and pretty yeah. flavor-forward. So
2: Yeah, when you're sunning out by the pool, you don't want one of those, right? When it's yeah, 100, 105 exactly. degrees. Exactly. You have on your tan.
1: Uh, the next one is the Trader, coming in at number 15. Uh, this, these are the guys who parlayed a certainly darkness and a dark lord into a chocolate rain, which combined with some hill farmstead stuff he traded for last summer to land an apple brandy barrel aged Hunapu. I don't still don't know how you say that brewery's name. <laughs> I think I am saying it wrong. Uh, that's damn near impossible to find. Has yet to try any of these beers, actually. Um, but anyways, the guy who's the, the they're basically. I don't know if they have. I think they have in uh, down here the Whalers also. But I, I think you could yeah. almost combine this with the Whalers people that are so disparate to ch- to find these beers. In this case, it's the guy that loves to talk about the trade he made. It's like a baseball trade or something. Yeah. Maybe you want to talk about the time that the uh, you know, the the Cowboys gave up uh not I wasn't say Warren Moon, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a Houston oiler. What was his name in the eighties? Uh, the time that the Cowboys traded Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker. Like yeah. Herschel Walker and then got all those draft picks that led to Super Bowls. Yeah. So that, that type of it's like it's like us listening to like an NFL draft or something. It's just like, oh God, just go away. <laughs> <laughs> Got no desire.
2: Yeah, if if you want to trade, that's fine. Um, I I know like our buddy on Twitter, Beers and Movies, does some of that. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But to he, talk about
0: it, and yeah. Just,
2: like, but he also doesn't post a whole lot. Of, well, he brags a little bit when he gets a shit. Well, yeah. He but posts, overall, he
1: doesn't like sit there and talk about it
2: all the time. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> I
1: mean, he posts his victory hauls, which I I would too probably.
2: Yeah. That's yeah. I don't think that's a problem. But yeah, if you're that's bragging about your beer trades is like bragging about your fantasy football team. Yeah. It's about as annoying. You're the only one that cares, and nobody else wants to hear about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's just, nobody wants fantasy football talk. Nobody yeah, exactly. Wants nobody beer wants trade talk. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Boy, there's nothing bigger than beating the fantasy football talk, <laughs> except maybe fantasy basketball or fantasy hockey talk.
2: <laughs> Any fantasy team is it's it's not something we need to talk about.
1: Stupid, and it needs to go away.
2: At least don't talk about it. Yeah. Next up is uh, the sudden true believer. The speed with which the sudden true believer transformed from liking to spice it up, liking to spice up the usual rotation of domestics with a Sam Adams on occasion to dividing the day equally between keeping up with untapped and pricing beer fridges on eBay. So basically it's somebody that uh, just all of a sudden got into craft beer and they love it and they hate everything that's not craft beer. Basically they
0: found
1: Jesus for beer.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't know if I mind that person as much. Um, Of the offenders on the list, that's the least offensive for sure. Um, As long as they're not whipping somebody about it, but you know, it's it's one of those things that if you have transitioned to another, you know, you you like craft beer and you don't like the domestics anymore, yeah. and you want to talk a little bit to that. I don't know that that's necessarily the worst thing. I mean,
1: they, I guess it depends like what level. Like if they're constantly talking about it, if they're gonna be if they're gonna be proselytizing to you about craft beer, let's say, yeah, or whatever the subject is, yeah, that can get old. If they oh, say yeah. if they find Jesus beer. In their hearts, you know, they have a beer shaped hole in their heart and it, it gets filled with, <laughs> get filled a, with the Jesus a prayer artist and prayer bomb or something. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. But when they, it's just like uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses that come to your door. Yeah, I'm going to shoo you away. Go away. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I don't care that you bring the kids out. That's shameful and you should go away. Right. Uh, yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I don't think, I don't know if this person deserves to be that high on the list because they don't, I think they need to qualify it more to be right. number 14. But there's nothing wrong with a person being converted to something like crap beer.
2: There's two guys sitting here with beer fridges. You know. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So Captain Ahab, I guess we just talked about this, but uh, it's the whalers, the people uh, that all they want to talk about is whaling beer. And I think you find this... It's, I, I don't know if it's declined at all, because I think I've stopped paying attention as much. Yeah. But you can definitely find it on Reddit, people seeking this or that, beer, I get the beer trading... And, and people waiting a, in line for release day stuff.
2: Yeah, that appears to be a uniquely U.S. thing, too. Yeah. Or at least more so. It's not as common in the Euro uh, markets. And I don't know. It's just... I mean, based on what
1: uh, based on what Dennis and Frank Kennedy said last week, yeah, absolutely. And it's just kind of annoying.
2: It's a little bit it annoying is. that... I'm not saying that every brewery can make as much beer as possible to keep up with demand yeah. all the time. Yeah. But I also think that there is some intentional whaling done, which is the part that annoys me, too. And it's on both sides. I mean, it's the the brewery is limiting the supply, and then the people that chase it. Yeah. It's just kind of a, I don't know, the whole thing's kind of annoying to me. I just make a lot of beer, and or, you know, if there is a whale, try to find something that's similar to that, too, and say, well, mm-hmm. here's you know much like we've talked about before I think we talked about here uh the big bad baptist versus the KBS right. very similar beer big bad baptist is all Way over the more, place yeah.
1: you know what, what I do get annoyed by is what seems to be artificial limitation yeah of beer supply like you can kind of tell if if a certain brewery of a certain size you know how much beer they can put out right and their their supply is drastically below that yeah i mean that that is annoying yeah I definitely intentionally, agree intentionally provoking wailing yeah. Is I hate, I despise that so much. Oh, man, the thing just readjusted. Hang on. Oh, right, here we go. Uh, number
2: 12 on the list is the glassware obsessive. And that's basically somebody that says certain glasses have to be used for certain beers. This is another one I'm not too offended by because yeah. there are actually differences
1: in different glassware there for different beers. Yeah, there are.
2: I, I think that's more factual than it is annoying. You know, it's just some IPA glass works better for IPAs. and
1: i got to admit, I've never met anybody that's going to like knock the glass out of your hand if you're drinking it out of the right glass. Now, I have seen somebody – I know they're exaggerating for effect here, but uh, somebody that's going to yell at you. But, uh, you know, we've been the people like – yeah, you know our our buddy Thomas complains about this that we want to drink our IPAs out of IPA glasses or we want to drink our barrel aged beers out of tulip glasses or right. or whatever what have you or I'm gonna drink my poured it out of shaker if I want to but that actually suits but it does it, it does. the best it depends uh, if you if you're looking for the optimal drinking experience yeah. and you're kind of into those qualities then put it in the right glass yeah but absolutely. if you're if you're Joe six pack you know drinking your cores or you're you just found you just came to Jesus about IPAs. I'm not going to smack it out of your hand. I'm, right, exactly. You know, if we get into the subject, and the subject is somehow broached about maybe he sees this fancy glass in my hand, and he asks me, he sees my IP glass that looks like a, a rigid female to pleasure, pleasure device, then maybe <laughs> yeah. I'll explain. With but, a tulip pad on it. Yeah, with yeah. the, yeah. <laughs> Which I guess could be part of it. Uh, yeah. But uh, if he asks about it, it's much like a preacher. I, I want the preacher to preach at me. I want to come to you for the, the word of Jesus. Absolutely. So the Fresh Head, which we've mentioned uh, a particular incident on the show several times. this one's horrible. And it's the people uh, pretending basically that something that is well within its aging limit uh, is not fresh. And we've mentioned again, like I said, we've mentioned this before, the Bell's release of Two-Hearted. Somebody got on our local DFW Let's Talk craft beer group and complained that uh, a Two-Hearted was what? Thirty days old.
2: I think it was thirty days. Yeah, thirty days.
1: They're good for ninety days on the shelf.
2: Yeah, uh, recommended by Bell's, and yeah, it was thirty days old, and they were complaining. How could Bell send something so old to yeah. us?
1: Yeah, which is just ridiculous. <laughs> and I would say, that, you know, there's, there's. I bet the brewers now are probably working on, you know, getting IPS to last even longer than that. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah, I'm sure. But yeah, I just like the fact that in this they happen to mention that someone says oh that's 10 days old yeah um oh you need to get this one that was 20 minutes ago <laughs> yeah. before someone sees you those people are that bad though. yes it's they a-
1: there are people that are that bad absolutely we've experienced them in the wild
2: next up uh is another one i don't think a huge offender it's the brewery fanboy it's someone that has uh all kinds of hats shirts patches buttons etc and then wants to strike up and see how many uh strike up a conversation see how many brewery owners. Uh, they name drop within the first three minutes. That part's a little annoying. But if somebody's actually a fan of you know several breweries and they like them and they're wearing their swag and it's they're walking around as an advertisement for that brewery, I don't know that that's necessarily horrible. I
1: don't see that as that's no different than wearing a music like a band T-shirt or maybe a T-shirt of your favorite TV show. You want your if you want to wear your Charles in <laughs> Charge T-shirt, I mean, have at <laughs> yeah. it. To me, it's Go no to different.
2: Yeah, it's no different than a band or a sports team shirt. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that's yeah. just what you're into.
1: I mean, sports sports fans are the most egregious of that type of of advertising. Yeah, for another entity is they wear the jerseys everywhere. I mean, it's 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 egregious. Yeah, and. Side note, why is it okay? It's not okay to wear a band's t-shirt to the concert of that band, but it's okay to wear a jersey of the sports team that you're a fan of to a sports event of that team.
2: As long as it's the sports jersey of the team that's playing.
1: I know, I know. But I'm saying... but so that They but, say specifically to do... Like, you could wear a concert shirt
2: yeah. from another concert that's not the concert that you're going to. Right. But if you wear another team's jersey to a team event,
1: right. then... Especially if it's another sport. Yeah, I mean that's chaos. <laughs> oh yeah. If I'm gonna wear a Chicago Cubs uh, jersey <laughs> or uh, to uh, NBA or a Sixers game or something, yeah. NBA, I was gonna say NBA Sixers, but <laughs> right. it's kind of generic. But a Sixers game, I mean, a basketball Sixers game. Yes, <laughs> that's a big violation. Yeah, but it's just funny the contradictions there. No, they,
2: I agree. I definitely agree. Uh,
1: but uh, back to to drinking sports. The self-important home brewer, and I'm not going to say, I'm not going to name names. It would definitely run into these people that they only will drink homebrew. Oh, yeah. Uh, the people that uh, everybody else's product is uh, is poor. Everything else is mediocre. But if I make it myself, I, we've met these people before. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, yeah, I just think you're missing out on the spice of life. <laughs> right. I think the main thing that, the main reason I don't think we make more beer, other than we're terrible uh, at it, is... Uh, I mean, I think we get better, but it makes... Our our last one was drinkable. Yeah, it was. But it makes so much beer, and we don't drink beer that fast. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, we had that pail, or that summer ale for, God, months upon months. Oh, yeah. And it was just like, I I can't store this anymore. (laughs) And we tried to give it away, and people wouldn't take it. Yeah, people wouldn't take it. (laughs) Tried to force it on them, and... Oh, yeah. They said, no means no.
2: (laughs) Next up is the group thinker. Thinking that a beer is pretty good, and then they go and look at Beer Advocate and Untapped, and say this is rated really low. I guess I don't know if I like it because there's something weird about it. That basically thinks that if the group doesn't like it and all the other, they're trying to live in the craft beer snob world and right. they don't want to be left out as they want not being cool enough to be a snob. They don't matches. want their
1: opinion invalidated, or they want to validate yeah. their opinion with the word of the masses. And if their opinion isn't valid, they will change their opinion to match that of the of the right. the herd.
2: Which that doesn't just happen to beer, that happens in a lot of a lot of realms music. Which is, which is unfortunate. I yeah. mean
1: it's funny, like you see Rolling Stone, um Rolling Stone was we were talking or we heard about it earlier this Rolling Stone's getting sold, right? Right. And uh they're talking about how like they used to be super critical of bands like Leonard Skynyrd or Tom Petty. Yeah. But now here twenty and thirty and forty years later, if you read in Rolling Stone review of those bands they're just heaping with praise or conversely somebody that was a hot new act back in the day they praised maybe three albums down the road they turn on them and everybody else turns on them you know it's the same phenomena it's it's yeah it's the group think oh yeah absolutely because everybody wants to nobody wants to be uncool and have an unpopular opinion or or a lot of people don't
2: yeah a lot of people
1: don't a lot of people don't yeah uh number seven is the trend the trend chaser so one summer it's all about Goza, the next summer it's about any IPA that isn't preceded by the words New England, which is something we're definitely seeing this year. Yes. And it it just made makes me laugh and I've seen it several times on the local Facebook group just because you know it's something I see all the time. Is people like when is the DFW brewery finally going to make a New England IPA? And I've <laughs> I, I think I've seen that 5 6 times in the last few months. Yeah. It's like, well, maybe they don't want to make a New England IPA. Maybe they will when they get around to it. Yeah. When it proves a verifiable, like a, an actual, I mean, know it's a trend, but. Maybe just enjoy the IPAs that, yeah, maybe, that you've enjoyed. Yeah. Maybe there's a Texas IPA that needs to be made. Why are we so concerned yeah. with these New England IPAs? And maybe West
2: Coast IPAs are still good. They've been or what, forever and they're Why don't, still don't
1: good. you acquire some New England IPAs from an actual New England brewery that makes right. some true New England IPAs? Yeah, exactly. Why do you want these TFW brews to be something <laughs> they're not?
2: you want Texas barbecue in Maine? No. Yeah, no. So, yeah, get what's good here and get what's good there. Yeah. And, you know, don't worry
1: about it. Do you want barbecue anywhere else outside Texas? No, you don't. Yeah, especially not up there. Yeah. Do you want the <laughs> Dallas barbecue up in New York? No, you don't. No, you don't. There's a little place called Dallas barbecue last time I was there. No, <laughs> you don't true. want it. It's not Dallas barbecue.
2: Number six is the professor. And I would say we have some... Personal interaction with this, but it's won't even listen to you at least uh, at, if you're not at least uh, taking Cicerone classes and basically saying that somebody that just has general opinions yeah is invalid because they don 't know all the details and the ins and outs and all the lingo and every you know everything under the sun we've experienced that backlash back in our review days on this very show. Yeah. uh, Basically saying these guys are idiots. They don't know, they don't know all their terms off the top of their
1: head and... Well, I remember a very, very striking one was somebody making fun of me because I didn't know because I'd never heard it pronounced Um, and I had not bothered to look up the uh, pronunciation. Shame on me, but I didn't know how to pronounce Britannomyces. Yeah. You know, oh, God forbid, I don't know how to pronounce a complex word. (laughs) Like, you know, like somebody lashed out at me about that. Yeah. And I'm, you know, our friend Thomas back in, back when I used to actually pay attention to sports, uh, cause I had an opinion about, let's say a running back or something. I was an idiot. I'm a, I'm a constant sports idiot because yeah, I don't right. know everything about sports. I'm a sports idiot. And I can't have an opinion <laughs> about a running back. Right. You know, and they used to drive me up the wall. Like, Oh, I know. Yeah.
2: It's, it's just bad that. The bullying in any realm yeah. is annoying. And that's that's basically what we're talking about, is yeah. the the bully that thinks they know everything under the sun. And even if they ran into somebody that didn't know more than them, they would find some way to think that they didn't know more than them. Yeah. Nobody knows
1: more than them. And yeah. so
2: they're just looking to run somebody down.
1: You have to acknowledge that we're all ignorant in some fashion about something out there. And, yeah, you may know something about one thing, but like we're all students, ultimately. Somebody's right. going to be more knowledgeable. We all have our masters. Right. And... Uh, you got to acknowledge like we're here to teach each other and there's a nice way to do it and you can politely inform without like smacking them upside the head with your knowledge. It's... Yeah. Oh, God, it gets old so so fast. And see,
2: I want to skip just a little bit here. Um, We can go back to number five, but number four, I think, kind of fits in the same realm as number six. Mm -hmm. It's the master debater that basically says, you know, I tried something, I say it's pretty good and then they come at you with, bro, you don't know anything about beer if you think that beer was good because this, 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 and this, the, the the types of hops they use here and the brewing process they use there and the, the way they do fermentation there is terrible and you just don't understand any of that. So you just don't have any kind of good palate and you're a moron. And that's the same... If somebody likes a beer, they like a beer. And that's basically what yeah. we did on the show when we were reviewing was, what do we like? What's, what is our palate like? And right. I didn't really care about all the particulars that went along with that. You mm-hmm. know, if, if if I wasn't saying the right terminology or I didn't know everything about the creation of the original IPA and how this IPA differs from that or what the evolution of that has been since that time that I should really be picking up the subtle differences. Yeah. I, you know, it, it tastes good, and this is why it tastes good. New enough. We I think we know enough to be able to intelligently talk about it. We might not know every single thing under the sun. We don't know everything under the sun, yeah. and that's okay. And that's the same thing for somebody we're not that even just level one beer.
1: cicerone. So yeah,
2: that's the same thing for somebody that just picks up a beer and says yeah. it's good. You don't need to debate them into the, you know for the rest of the night about how stupid they are. Just yeah. let them like what they like.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's like you know when it comes to movies. Like I think my wife still thinks that you know we go into you and I will go into way too much detail about some things we don't like and like about a movie. Yeah. She guys, she's always, you know, she said before, like you and Dustin just talk endlessly about, about movies, about what you like and don't like. Like, I don't understand that you could talk that much about a movie. Like I just liked or I don't like it. Like, we can do that. Yes, we for can sure. Do that. It's the reason we have a show where we talk. <laughs> right. Exactly. Two of them actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, number five, going back to number five is the music band. And this is basically the people who accuse breweries of selling out much like bands, Accuse uh, bands of selling out when they go from, uh, tiny little, uh, independent labels to somebody, you know, like Virgin records or something. I don't know if Virgin Virgin records is still around, but whoever, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when breweries sell out some of their shares or whatever, they get accused of selling out here. And, uh, last sentence here i think is apt is that god forbid anyone expand beyond their early nano brewing days and attempt to be able to afford a trip to the dentist or whatever <laughs> right i mean yeah it's just, nobody's in the business to lose money and some people are in it to ultimately sell out as we talked about many times sure they build themselves to sell and there are some people that uh are in it for the love of the game like uh, i think dennis from franconi is in in, in for and uh michael pedicolos yeah uh, they're probably making a Decent little living off their breweries, but they're not necessarily looking to strike it rich either.
2: Right. Unless maybe the right opportunity comes along. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but I'm just saying yes, I know what
1: you mean. they didn't build themselves to sell. Right. This, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, number three is the one upper. You've got a good beard. That's great. But the one upper has had one that's better. And I think this kind of falls in line with a Maybe they this list is a little too expansive. Uh, maybe it's kind of like the debater. Yeah. Kind of the, the debater. They everybody's had something better than that. Yeah. Uh, and they're very smug about it. Yeah, I mean, I think we can probably just move on from that, but it falls in line with a lot of others. Yeah, uh, number two is the speculator.
2: Um, they say that this person got into beer a couple of years ago when the trend had peaked, uh, and they were able to buy uh, a bunch of beer and seller it. And they talk more about it's kind of similar to another item that was on this list earlier. They talk uh, the, the trader. It's kind of similar to that, yeah. but they basically talk about the fact they have a bunch of bunch of stuff that they're selling and waiting on. And they probably have talked about it more than they've ever drank it, which that's unfortunate if somebody's doing that. The same thing for the trader. If you're just trading to trade up and you're not trading to drink, then what are you doing here? And it's not you're not probably making a bunch of money on this. Uh, maybe you make a little bit, but on, uh, that really per, like perverts the whole <laughs> the whole yeah. spirit of the beer making, I think. Mm-hmm. And and having craft beer available.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, beer is. I think that that was always the great thing about it was it was almost in direct opposition to wine is it was more collegiate more fraternal like it should be the common man's drink it's it shouldn't be this highly speculative yeah. market
2: there are some things that you age I mean like you sure. know,
1: dogfish will come out with the 120 or some but, of their newer
2: stuff and they, it says age as well and that's fine there's nothing yeah. wrong with aging things that are supposed to age I know that uh even Deschutes had something a couple of years ago, uh, man, it's probably been five or six years ago, that was don't drink until a year later. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, And that's fine. You do a little bit of that. Yeah, and- that's fine. But I guess I'm talking about more just the financial side. But like, yeah, yeah. People asking on on Reddit slash r slash beer, like, oh, how much is this bottle of this worth? Or, yeah, How many true. beers yeah. can I get in return for this? Like, come on, just either enjoy <laughs> the beer, and like drink it and enjoy it, or sell it to somebody for what it costs you, plus shipping or something like that. I don't know. They're trying to make it a profit it just drives me insane. Yeah. Just enjoy it or don't. You like the beer, or don't? Right. And uh, coming at number one is the condescender. This is, one deserves to be number one. Yeah, it should. And kind of falls in line with the drain for poor people. And they basically say that uh, the condescender is someone who look gleefully looks down on anyone drinking a light beer, a former craft beer that sold out, or even a craft beer that's not up to their exacting standards. When not directly shaming others, when it comes to their choices, the condescender can be seen engaging in political trolling on strangers' Facebook pages and correcting the grammar of casual acquaintances. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say condescending. I think I think uh, the drain poor guys; these are the condescenders, and they are a plague on the existence of craft beer. Yeah, absolutely. And
2: it's, it's unfortunate because I think a lot of people have an impression that a lot of craft beer drinkers are those guys. Yeah, because they they're a small group, but they're a loud group, and it's just they're kind of the face in a lot of ways because they're the most vocal about it. Yeah, and it's just kind of unfortunate. Those guys, I think, are really the ones that. People like us, to an extent, they're picking on, but those guys are the ones that are really picking on with those Budweiser ads and stuff too, yeah. because you know everything is, everything has to be to their particular palate uh, standards, and kind of like the rant I went on earlier about you know drain pouring a, a perfectly good beer that. A lot of people like that you just happen to not like and then making a big production out of it it's it's just unfortunate it can't it, it needs to be more harmonious i mean that's that's what we need to be doing here we need to <laughs> we need to be supporting each other it needs to be more I, I would much prefer it to be more like the european model described uh by dennis of a lot of people just went to the the local brew pub you had and you went with what you had there and mm-hmm. that was it you know and there's nothing wrong with exploring more than that but why can't why do you have to why do you have to run down these other guys? Just go with what you like and talk about what you like. You don't have to just cause something new came out that you think's weird or whatever. It's just it, it's strange to me to be so so full of venom towards all that, especially towards a, a group that you're supposed to be happy exists. You're supposed to be happy crap beer exists.
1: And don't get me wrong, there is there are definitely beers out there that are terrible that are I think most oh, people would agree that they're terrible beers. Yeah. But the the sheer quantity of drain pour posts is like an inverse inverse relationship to the actual number of Drainport beers out there. right? I mean, yeah, I think every brewer would probably acknowledge they've made a terrible beer in their lives, in their brewing existence. They've made something that's god-awful.
2: Hey, we have Drainport a beer.
1: Yeah. The Lemon Crawler, we drain poured it. It it was really bad. it was was
2: absolutely horrible. But But it also wasn't a
1: specifically... We
2: didn't specifically pick an elite, highly sought-after beer, like, go grab a... Let me wait in line for uh, 12 hours and grab uh, a Rye Bourbon County... Drink one sip and, and videotape me, uh, or videotape me, how old do I sound? Video me uh, pouring it down the
1: uh, toilet. You know, Snapchatting you?
2: Yeah, it's just, you know, it's like they do that on purpose with yeah. that. They're not doing it with some crappy one off. Well, and,
1: and I think, I think I can't remember if this was the post game last week or not with Dennis, but talking about, maybe, De- I think Dennis might have been the one that brought it up, but I don't remember if it's on the show or not. Uh, he talked about how somebody mentioned that everything Franconia does. Is a drain pour, or if they can't, if they sell Franconia, they're a terrible establishment. Yeah. Talking about some growler shop. And uh, that is absurd behavior. Like, we didn't say that Rogue was a terrible brewery. No. Because of it. That they, and we I mean.
2: In fact, we gave them two more shots after they did. We
1: actually gave them good ratings. We did. And we didn't immediately say that they're a terrible brewery because of it and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you got to acknowledge, like, everybody has their hits or misses. You know, not every hit in baseball is going to be a home run. Um, You're very sportsy. I know it's strangely sportsy today, <laughs> but uh I, I don't know. Not not every artist is going to make you know a legendary piece of art. It's just <laughs> Do you like every
2: song and every album of your favorite artist. Exactly.
1: Probably not. No, there's my favorite album. Yeah, there's a lot of terrible, not terrible, but a lot of just kind of mess songs that I don't really care about. Yeah, exactly. It happens, and sometimes they have to release that beer because they can't afford to not release that beer because they're they don't just don't have the funds. Sometimes I think maybe they think it tastes good and. I somehow got out the door. I don't know. Yeah. But just to say, it's just to say it's a drain port is incredibly dismissive. Yeah, absolutely. And it requires no critical thinking. It's just something you can toss out there that instantly demeans anybody related to that brewery, whether you just like the brewery's beer or you're associated with that brewery professionally. Yep. It's just, it's, it's so incredibly dismissive. It just drives me at the wall. And every time I see it, on the Facebook group, I just want to unleash fire and fury <laughs> upon those people. Yes, I agree. Because you know those pe- the, the guys that make that beer. I guarantee a majority of the people that work for that brewery care about what they're doing. They care about the product they put they're putting out, and they they are trying to put their best beer foot forward. Yep, and, absolutely. And when you dismiss somebody instantly with that phrase, and it is a plague phrase upon this industry, it is it's just it it betrays your ignorance. And it betrays the fact that you're in, like all these people, ultimately you're looking to stroke your own ego on any of these categories. These are all ego-stroking categories. But that one, above all, I think is the biggest ego-stroke. Like, it's it's ego masturbation is what it is.
2: And it's beyond lazy. If you are it's a beer snob lazy. and you think that you know everything about the industry, yeah. give it a real critique of why you don't like it. Yeah. Just saying it's a it's a drain pour is the stupidest, laziest thing that it you can so possibly lazy. post about yeah, it. Yeah, tell me what you don't like about it. Yeah. Because Even I,
1: the Lemon Crawler that we did drain pour we did say why we didn't like it yes several reasons why we didn't like it and every honestly as much as as tired as i got of being you know critical of beer and why we kind of pivoted away from that i honestly did try every beer that we took on i tried to find something about that beer that even if i didn't like the beer i tried to find something about that beer that i liked because i think just about every beer out there there's something to admire about that beer whether it's maybe it's just the label maybe it's the artwork on the label uh, maybe it's just the smell, because we had beers that the smells were awesome, but the tastes were just kind of, you know, yeah. didn't live up to the smell. Or even bad, after yeah. the aroma was or good. maybe they looked fantastic. You know, I try to always find something, like, appreciate the entire beer, and not just be drain poor. Yeah. Because that, again, that is betrays your ignorance, you're an ego masturbator, and you're making the you're making the industry worse for it. Absolutely. So, in the end, do you think we're beer snobs? When After we've gone through all that, do you think we're beer snobs?
2: I think we have elements of being beer snob, uh, being a beer snob. I also maybe it's for my own defense. I don't know, but I do think that there were elements in that article that unfairly cast things as beer snobbery that were that are just kind of factual or things that you just prefer, yeah. like the like the glassware. It factually does matter, you know. And somebody being really enthusiastic about beer, if it, they keep it to themselves, it's fine. Or you know, they talk to their friends and say, "Hey, I want to." Bottle share, share with your beer friends. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I think some things on the list were a little goofy. Um, But overall, I don't think that we're too guilty of the most egregious parts of beer snobbery, um, especially listed in this. Probably have done a few of those things on occasion, but overall I would say probably 80% not. Maybe 20% there is some beer snobbery in there.
1: I think think if we had gone on with criticism too long i think maybe maybe we'd have gotten closer to that i don't think we're beer snobs i think no. we're beer nerds and i think there's a significant difference in that and i i don't i still to this day you know javi's been on the show before he uses nerd as a derogatory term even though he is a nerd uh himself um he uses a derogatory term and i don't think there's nothing wrong with being a nerd about something that you enjoy there's sports nerds there's music nerds there's uh you know there's technology nerds there's Sci-fi nerds, I fit in several of those categories. There's nothing wrong with that. If you enjoy the thing, you enjoyed it, and you pursue excessive information about it, nothing wrong with it. It's how you betray or how you portray your knowledge and betray your audience, right? Uh, In that, that, that I think that is the big dividing line. I think, to me, I think of nerdery more as an appreciation of a subject. I think snobbery is going back to the term ego masturbation. You're trying, you're making yourself feel feel better. By putting someone else down
2: Yeah or you feel like You're above other people Just yes. in general um, which, Yeah which is Ultimately ego stroking Yeah right But yeah I, I guess to that front yeah, Or to that end Yeah maybe we're not um, I guess the 20% I would just say Some ways we talk about beer Somebody hears about it Would think that yeah. Comes across as snobby Right But I don't necessarily I don't think I've ever Just berated somebody I, I don't think i haven't yeah just been like oh you're an idiot for not liking this i've tried to get people i've tried to get my dad to yeah. try things he won't he hates all of it like okay yeah. fine you know but it's i don't
1: say he's an idiot because he won't right. change you know it's like, i don't know there's just there's I, a level to it i do remember and we can much like movies we can talk a lot about <clears throat> a lot of subjects and because uh, we're just that smart uh <laughs> no what i'm just saying like the things that, I, that, think that an ego I think the things we enjoy i mean we can talk a lot about the movies tv uh politics or love or hate politics uh And beer is one of those subjects. And I remember going back to Reddit again, I remember one of our early things is someone commented on one of her posts and said, I would never listen to that because how can I listen to somebody talking about one beer for an hour? And it's like, well, there's a lot to appreciate about (laughs) There's a lot to pick apart about a beer, or there's a lot to appreciate about a beer. And if you really are interested in that subject, you can talk about a beer for an hour. Or you can talk about it. I don't think we ever went an hour with a review, but we could easily talk about something for 30 minutes, one particular beer. Sure, absolutely. If that's what you're into it, Go with it. It's all about how you portray your... It's,
0: it,
1: it's all how you deliver. I agree. What you enjoy. How you proselytize. Put it that way. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to BrewBlood's episode 117. Thanks for your support. We do appreciate it. Thanks. We may lose half our audience after this one. Right? <laughs> we might. That's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to blame that on Lipsum. They said they're reconfiguring the stats. So we're going to array our uh, numbers are going to tank anyway. So we'll just blame it on that. <laughs> there you go. So if, uh, if you enjoy the show uh, and you are not subscribed to the show, you can do that for free. It doesn't cost you a single shekel. Just go to Brewbuds.net. There are links there. Or, of course, if you have a podcast app. I think we can be found in just about every single app out there. Just search for BrewBuds. And it doesn't cost you anything. Subscribe to it. And it definitely doesn't cost you to search. It does not cost you anything to search unless you have a weird app.
2: Yeah, that's true. It's, if you're, paying search, you're, charges or you're something, doing it I'm all
1: it? wrong yeah if you have any feedback on the show you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com or you can call us at 469-573-BEER that's 469-573-2337 so for dustin i'm mark for mark i'm dustin pros pros